Savages, welcome to another episode of the Savage Snowflake Podcast with me, Jeff Rich, your friend, your, your quarantine buddy, the guy you invite round off Tinder and like, listen, we've got nothing else better to do, why don't we, uh, you know, fuck with each other's safety and health and, and make a little love, get down tonight, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do that, we can do it with masks, through a sheet, a little bit like Hasidic Jews do, and then I'm on board, you're like, whoa, that's a little bit culturally insensitive, I'm like, I'm just trying to make things work. And then we break up and it's all over and we end up killing ourselves in a suicide pact. The end. Or alternatively, I could just be the host of this podcast that you've tuned into for another time. 110 episodes? Jesus Christ. It's getting crazy, guys. Thank you very much for all the support we've had as well. Uh, big shout out to the brand new Patreons, Ziggy Stardust, or sorry, Ziggy Sawdust, and also Nikki Thompson. I appreciate you guys. Of course, as always, big shout out to my boy, the one and only Dan Lloyd up here being shown. $50 donator every single month. And thank you very much, of course, to Siggy Riggy as well. Another $50 donator who is going to appear on this side over here. If you want to have your face in the background or you want some of the other perks that come along with being a 1, 5, 10, 15, 20, or even $50 subscriber, check out patreon.com slash savage snowflake to go over there, show your support, get a shout out and get some other perks whilst you're at it. Um, also, big shout out to our sponsors as well for looking after the crew, CBD Com. Here are their wonderful products, CBDPA, CBD vape pens. Uh, a few differences about these vape cartridges than any others on the market. First of all, they're over 50% CBD content. 54, I think, percent is what they currently have in them, which is about three times the standard industry market um, uh, usual amount that they put in their, their cartridges. On top of that, every single one of their cartridges comes with lab tests from CannaSafe, who are uh, a well-respected FDA-approved lab testing facility, and it proves there's no vitamin E, no harmful metals and no pesticides in any single uh, one of these cartridges that they sell you. They come in a variety of flavors. They've got Tangio G, Fruity Pebbles, Sour Diesel, Blue Dream, and Lemon Berry, and of course, Natural, if you don't like any terpenes or flavors whatsoever. And all of their lab tests are transparent and available on their website. Right now, they're selling half gram cartridges for just $15.99 and full grams for $20. Uh, no, for $19.99 or $24.99. Either way, again, about 10 bucks cheaper than anywhere else you'll find them online. And as if that wasn't good enough, if you use code SAVAGE on their website when you're checking out, that's SAVAGE, S-A-V-A-G-E, you will get an extra 10% off every single one of your orders. They'll post them out as rapidly as they can amid this coronavirus scare. All right. Into the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me today, very handsome gentleman, also very talented gentleman that I met first in Los Angeles when he was taking part in Comedy Central's Roast Battle filming on, was that season two? Season one? Season two? That was two, yeah. Season two, yeah. it's Mr. Evan Williams, comedian, actor, writer, an all-round handsome-looking dude. What's up, bud? What's up, guys? What's up, man? How you How doing? You? I'm all right, dude. I'm doing okay in this crazy craziness. I was going to say, you're surviving it. You you feel like you've got enough entertainment, enough enjoyment in your life. You don't, you know, you're not you're not misery ridden and uh, and and hating being at home. Listen, man, I ordered my dumbbells just in time, so I'm uh, I'm good. Did they you get can... some of those? What you got? Some of those uh, interchangeable ones where you can do different weights? Yes, yes, the dude, adjustables, I... dude, the power blocks. I looked at some of those on on Amazon the other day because I've got some. I've only got some twenty five pound weights here, so I can do some stuff yeah. where I hold both weights and do like you know rows right. and shit like that. But for right. chest press, I can't like. I can't do that. I have to just use the 25s and it's not really doing much. So I enough. looked at those. They're charging like fucking 300, 400 bucks for a set of those now on Amazon. Yeah. Well, it was 300 when I got these. They're, they're adjustable up to uh, 50 pounds. But then now they're like a thousand, man. 
I looked recently. They're like they're a thousand now. People are people are spiking them, dude. That's fucking Brought scumbag behavior, isn't it? That's scumbag behavior. Going like, oh, no work. one's got any money. Everyone's fucking trapped inside. I know what I do. I just bump up my prices three times. Fuck those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's brutal, man. I thought I thought it was gonna be Mad Max style. Um, this is a very sad version of Mad Max. If this is the apocalypse, a shortage of toilet paper and dumbbells, I'm uh, I'm not about it. I'm what would um it. What would you be happy to pay three times the price for? Pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the last time Pussy, you went man. to a massage plot and got a good hand job? When was that? You know, I've never done it, man. What? I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never done it. I've never done any kind of uh, prostitution, my man. Would you call that prostitution? Yeah, I think it's sex work. I mean, I, I, the the uh, yeah. the one, uh, actually twice. I've done it twice. Once when I was uh, a younger man, I went to a place in Soho back in London, and I was like, my buddy told me about it. He went, you just go in there get a nice massage and at the end she's gonna go like oh do you wanna you know do you want me to massage here and you just say yeah and then you give her like whatever 30 bucks or whatever it is and then <laughs> yeah. you fucking leave and i was like okay so i went and did that and uh it was all right it was kind of hot it was kind of fun it was a bit nerve-wracking i was a bit scared i think for the beginning yeah and then the I, second time I it happened was it. here in america when i first moved out to new york and i went to a place for a massage and didn't know it was one of those massage places and spent a whole uh-huh. hour just being like, why is this massage so bad? <laughs> and then I rolled over <laughs> and she was like, and That's now I massage here. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, oh, you better at the, the last part. Dude, as I, was there, yeah. as I was laying there, uh, at the end of it, <laughs> a cockroach crawled along the wall on the, above the door frame that I was looking at and stopped right in the middle of the door frame as if it was looking at me and silently judging me, just like, <laughs> you're fucking trash. And then he ran off. Like that, and I was like, yeah, I deserved that. That was pretty depressing. Uh, to be a cockroach on that wall. I mean, who was the bigger I, cockroach, uh, that one on the wall or me laying on that fucking bed? <laughs> yeah. I, I hear that they're very robotic about it because they do it so many times a day. Did you find that they were just no emotion behind their eyes when they were doing it? <laughs> Well, I mean, she certainly wasn't just going, oh, my God, this is the best dick I've ever jerked in my whole life. She certainly wasn't like, she wasn't like super into it, I guess. But she also didn't know, you know, she was kind of, she kept a bit of eye contact. She did a bit of, she funneled the balls a little bit. She, I mean, what I found both times was the women who I got, and I'm assuming this is true of every woman who in sex work, is they were professionals and they were really good at understanding how to, uh, how to make you come real quick. Yes. You know, like yeah, she didn't want me in there for me. any longer than I had to be there. Exactly. Yeah. That's what my buddy told me. He said that, like, they just, they're so fast with it. And so they, they are like a machine about it. Like, it, it felt robotic. They've done it so many times. They could just, it's like, they milk uh, it. That's what they do. They do the, they, they, the hands go in the, the opposite the direction. Two hand twist. He said the cleanup was like this, like, one swift <laughs> movement. Like, he came on his own belly and she like cleaned it up and like sat him up and basically pushed him out. Yeah, that's <laughs> literally know? it. That's literally like a it, dude. conveyor belt of cockroach men come through. A conveyor She's belt of cum and misery. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, have uh, you got a girlfriend, Evan? I have a wife. Oh shit! So you're all right. So you're, you're hooked up. You got you got someone in your quarantine. You got a quarantine buddy. You got someone to make love to. I'm and- quarantined up, man. I'm buddied up. Yeah, I'm booed up. I I got booed up really young. I was 21 when I got married. So oh I was, you know, wow. I'm from the south. 
I don't know if you've been to the southern states of of uh, of America, man. But I've been to some of them. People yeah, mar- yeah. People get married at like fourteen down there, so yeah. uh, we're a little late to the game, to be honest. Um, were, you, were your parents giving you a hard time, just like when are you going to get married? You're, you're eighteen now. Come nah. on. No, it's wild. My parents weren't that way at all. Um, I just did it naturally. Just did it naturally, man. Yeah. And what does your lady do? Is she in the world of comedy as well? She's not, thank God. No, she's not. Um, Only one of us has something to prove. Um, Only one of us needs that attention every night. Um, She's not, man. She's a normal chick. She's a normal chick. Nice. She she works in finance. Oh, wow. Even fucking better, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Talk about no emotion behind the eyes. (laughs) How does she how does she jerk your dick? Just fucking just looking at you like (laughs) just thinking about numbers. The stock market is so far down today. (laughs) She's cool, man. What what about you? You're booed up, right? I am booed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm booed up. I got a, a beautiful girlfriend. She's a musician, so I'm glad she's not in comedy, but she understands sort of the entertainment world, which is nice. nice. And we nice. have a, an understanding in yeah. that respect. Um, but I think it's, I, I, I've, this whole like um, quarantine, dude, I, I mean, for people like us, we're very fortunate in the sense that we have someone that we can be around. But I've been thinking about how many comics, especially, are just single and on their own. And sitting in their apartments, not able to, like you say, get that nightly validation by making a room full of strangers laugh or even socialize or be around people. And I just wondered how many of our community, I mean, we've had so many deaths over the last few years, you know, with suicides and stuff like that. And it's making me a little nervous. I'm like, all right, who's going to be the first one to be like, okay, this was too much for me, you know? And we're also just not the healthiest either. Like, forget suicide. I mean, you know, we don't have the best immune systems. Um, uh, I mean, you, you and that. I try me to stay you. pretty healthy. You know what I mean? Me and you, buddy. But the others are eating little Debbie snacks and, and combos, you yeah. know? So I, I do wonder, man. I, I hope the best for us. I do. do you, I'm do getting a lot of FaceTimes from my single comedian friends. I was going to say, do you, check sure. in on, do you check in on your comedian buddies quite a bit? I'm checking up on them, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm in a I'm in a program of recovery. So I, I talk to some of them that way. Like there's like the Zoom meetings and stuff like that happening. But the ones without that, you know, they're just hitting me up super sad. Now, I've heard so. about this. Um, my I, my I, I, I was working out the other day. I think my sober birthday will be. Oh, it's wait, July. Yeah, it's like uh, nine months ago today, pretty much. Oh, get out of here, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, get man. Out, I gave bro. I gave it the boost. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so That's I gave awesome. up the booze and. Um, I've heard about like Zoom AA meetings. Do you still do? Do you still do any drugs? Yeah, I smoke marijuana. That's the only thing I still yeah. do. So I'm working a program. You know, <laughs> like everyone I know, goes. I totally. I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Sometimes I'll talk to a comedian and they'll be like, "Yeah, dude, I gave up booze like a couple years ago." I'm like, "That's awesome, man." We have this long, meaningful talk about sobriety, sobriety. And, and then they're like, uh, "They're like, you do coke though, still, right?" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> no, man." <laughs> You do coke? I was like, I just talked to you about sobriety. You, you still fucking snort cocaine and shoot up heroin, right? Yeah, like, yeah dude. Wow. Yeah. You're still a you're comedian, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, I'm with it's you. Like, I, I, I understand that a lot of people can be like, um, it, when you're, I think there's two people in the program. One is very much, uh, you look, I'm sober, which means putting no mind altering substances in my body whatsoever and i think that's the right way to work the program for most people 
Um, myself personally, I have a very, uh, I feel like I have a decent relationship with, with weed and I've never had a healthy relationship with alcohol my entire time in my life or other or class A's or anything. I do think it's a medicine yeah. in a lot of ways. So, um, but yeah. then also maybe I'll be kidding myself. You know, there's plenty of my, uh, other buddies from AA who will tell me, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You got to work the program your way. That's fine. But they, they're all saying, <laughs> give it a couple of yeah, years, mate. You'll kick the weed that, as well. Though. I'm like, they'll, right, they'll well. never point the finger and uh, and tell you what you're doing is wrong. They'll just be like, I hope that works for you, man. Oh, you no, know? some of them definitely tell me, dude. They, 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 oh, okay, good, again, good, good. the two yeah. people in AA, I think they're either people who are just very calm and very much like, hey, it's your program, yeah. it's your uh, your process, work it the way that works for you. As long as you feel good and better about your life, if you're not, if there's no you know negativity or depression or anything attached to those feelings and that the use of marijuana, that I, who am I to say if that works for you or not? And then there's the yeah. other half of people who just go like, yeah, yeah, all right, buddy. Yeah, you're so <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're still that. smoking weed. My, actually, one of my um, friends who got me into AA, um, she took my, my chip off me. <laughs> oh, really? I got given my first chip. She physically, and then, she physically took your chip away? Yeah, on the, on the drive home, she was like, all right, you need to give me that back. And I was like, why? She was like, because you're still smoking weed. I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't see weed as a, like a... <laughs> substance in that way i, I use it uh -huh. as medicinal i like you know i like the the positivity it brings to my life and blah 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 very use it yeah. like calmly in the evenings as a wind down you know but and she's like nah give me your fucking chip <laughs> <laughs> so wow and let me ask you does she drink coffee uh she does yeah yeah a lot of it. and i mean that's a mind and mood altering substance right i mean it's weird where we do Yes. Draw the line. I can't you know? wait to rub that in her face. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I drink a lot of coffee myself, and I, I don't smoke weed, but I totally support my friends who do. I, know, I have a couple friends who stop drinking, and they smoke weed now, and it's like it, it does wonders for them, and they feel happy, and they yeah. it makes wrestling and movies a little more interesting. And it's like, for me, it, it made me very, like, inside my own head and, like, panicky and stuff. It just didn't work for me that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in AA, I found that, like, abstinence for me was the only way to do it because like i would try doing just a little bit of drinking and i'd be back on coke or, like i tried just a couple joints man and that made me like well fuck if i'm smoking i could drink absolutely and, like that's just that's how my dumb brain works but like i don't fault anybody else for having a brain that's not as dumb you know what i mean like yeah 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 if that works for you i'm very happy that it's working you know yeah i'm with you brother i mean like i've got i've got like a, a cupboard in the in my kitchen full of alcohol right now because I yeah. had some, I had previous like parties at my house and people would leave bottles and right. and eventually now I got like a, you know, sort of yeah. seven or eight bottles of liquor, half drunk or whatever. I got a few beers and a few bottles of wine, but I'm not tempted by it. I like, it's super easy. Yeah. My girlfriend has a glass of wine every now and then. And I'm like, here you go. Well, Absolutely. But, I got um, a couple of bottles of wine in the kitchen, man. It's, it's, it's from our lady and she, she likes having a glass. I don't understand how she can have a glass and then put it down. That blows my mind. Yeah. Um, usually yeah. I would, finish that bottle and, and then, then open the whiskey one, yeah then call my coke guy and like listen maybe eventually i would have gone to the rub and tuck it didn't happen yet but it could have happened it could happen and then and you'd be divorced and then you'd be living in this quarantine on your own ah uh, like you'd all my comedian buddies 50 pounds heavier you'd be like miserable your skin would look like shit you'd 100%. hate yourself 100 percent. do you um do you find or did you find that because how long have you got sober now 11 years oh fuck me man congratulations that's huge yeah oh thank you man yeah Wait, I you're got a young man how old are you i'm 31 
Ooh, you gave up when you were 20. I think we did discuss this once before, um, a while yeah, back. Yeah, I got actually. sober when I was 19. Um, so I got 11 and a half years now. But yeah. I love that you got yeah. sober when you were 19. You got married when you were 21. You've probably already got some kind of life insurance. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to retire next year. You're going to retire next year. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Well, your wife's yeah, in finance. Not? You might as well. Fuck it. Just do it. Yeah. Fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm doing everything else on a fast pace. Let's do it. Be a comedian of leisure. This is what I do. Yeah. I just, you <laughs> I could wear like. Start wearing yeah. silk dresses and just walking around the Absolutely. house. Darling, Laying I just do piano. this when I feel it. I'll become a lounge singer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's so funny. I, did you get? Did you? Um, did you find that? I mean, because I, I don't know when you started in stand-up comedy. Um, because was it was it around the same time or was it before yeah. that? Yeah, I started. I was like twenty, but like you know, I, it just like most people's story. It's like I I did it one or two times, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna wait for the phone to ring now, and I'll be famous. You know, I yeah, just yeah, like yeah. didn't understand how comedy worked, and then I was like, oh, I think I have to do this a bunch. Yeah. to get good and that that took a few months so like i've really just been doing comedy for 10 years i think like i, I started going a bunch when i was 21 and I, I entered this competition in north carolina and i came in fourth and i was like okay i'm the shit i'm gonna move to new york and uh so i moved to new york when i was 22 uh bombed horribly all that stuff i thought was funny was just like it was just goofy enough for my redneck friends to laugh at in right, North right, Carolina. Right. I had to like just throw all that away and start talking about me. And uh, yeah, that's how it, that's how it began. I, I, I was, I was, I was intrigued to know whether you th had felt the process of becoming, um, you know, becoming sober had any kind of impact on your writing, but obviously you were so fresh to your stand up at that point. I feel like maybe even just some of the material was about that process when you first kicked off. Yeah, um, big time. When, when you first kick off, everybody talks about the same things. You know, you talk about your balls. You talk about. I actually did do a lot of material about your balls when I first started. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You're famous for that. Yeah. It's weird. That's my People bit. That's the bit everyone knows me for is the Evan Williams yeah. testicle bit. The Evan Williams balls stuff. Yeah. You got a whole <laughs> chunk on my balls. Um, <laughs> I. Yeah. And then it took me like six months probably to start talking about um sobriety and like people i'd lost like i'd experienced a lot of loss when i was young uh younger and um but you know you start talking about that stuff and it and it's hacky at first because you're afraid to talk about it so you take the easy route and like the easy punchlines and i needed to bomb with it first to to know how not to bomb with it and, um you know the people in new york didn't really take shit you know they didn't take garbage and so I, I I'd show up every week until it was funny to my friends, and then uh, and then I'd bring it to the clubs and stuff like that. Um, when you uh, moved from the south and then brought yourself out to East Coast, when was that? What period was that? I was that was 2012. Okay, I was coming from uh, I was coming from North Carolina. Uh, we, my wife and I, Felicia, we were uh, we were looking for a house. And I have no idea why we're going to get a house. We were 21 years old and we were looking for a house and we found one we really liked. And I was with my realtor and he was like, he was taking us there to sign. And we were in the back of the car and I was just like, what are we doing? Like a house is like minimum like seven years. You know what I mean? And like, 
30, you mean, try 30, years? try 30, try the mortgage for 30, yeah, depending on how totally. much money you're making. Like, he's like 30 years, 30 years ago, I was a twinkle in my dad's eyes at that point. And so like, I was just like, what, what are we doing? Like, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years, let alone 17, 30. Like, uh, do you want to just go to New York? And she was like, yes, we just, we picked up like a month later and moved there. And, uh, we lived in Woodside, Queens. We lived in Upper East Side, Spanish Harlem back down to Upper East Side, and then back to uh, Queens. We lived in Astoria. How did, how, did a, how did a, a white, red-headed Southern boy deal in Spanish Harlem? How are you? You said Felicia <laughs> is your na- wife's name. Is she Latina? She is, yeah. So did you I get like a little bit of knock-on respect because, all right, well, your girl's Latina. You're okay, white boy. You're all right. You're good. A little bit of that, dude. Or, or they thought I was a cop arresting her. <laughs> You know, I'm not really sure. They were confused. They that's because of, of the way you grab her arm when you want to go somewhere, dude. And right? I, yeah, yeah. That's how I walk with her. Just like, just fuck, fuck, her, you know? Shut yeah, up. Get in the car. That's just like a tough love. You know? When you, it'd be quite nice. Next time you take her on a date, you could like open the car door for her, but then just grab her head and push her in <laughs> as she goes in. <laughs> just throw a hood over her head and toss her in the back. Yeah. All right. Seeing as we're both oh. white men dating um beautiful women with latin heritage mm-hmm. let's let's get into it congratulations my oh friend. man yeah you i know it. we we did it we won yeah. we won the lottery we, of sex with yeah. some of the hottest women on the fucking planet that's right just gentrifying their vaginas my man also though how often are you terrified for your own life regular basis regular basis she's actually pretty chill but i mean i've seen it like you know i don't know if you've ever fucked up but i've i've fucked up before and and um and i met a person i'd never seen before man it's like (laughs) it's it's like instinctual you know it just came out and uh i came home and things were everywhere and there were notes to me and you know yeah um it can get it can get crazy yeah you learn you learn to check your verbiage very quickly the way you speak to a woman when you're dating a latin woman yeah and my girlfriend's jamaican um puerto rican as well so she's got you know she's got yeah. powerful cultures on both sides of the family yeah very strong have you ever very told her outspoken. To, have you ever told her to calm down oh <laughs> like yeah. i made that mistake maybe twice in the year yeah. that we've been together and um yeah, it doesn't go well it doesn't go well uh, no no funnily enough it doesn't seem to make her words. any more calm that's weird. Yeah, no, no. I think I could call her a cunt and it would be less fury than Oh, dude, no, nah, I disagree. They just, they like to stay excited, you know, they don't really want to be told to calm down. I understand, you know, I had a friend who liked to talk a lot and if you told him to be quiet, he would flip out and it's it's very similar to that. Wait, is that, are you talking about me? I'm talking about you. I knew it. I knew that was a little, you. a little underhanded comment. You were like, "Why don't you just shut up and let me get a Why fucking word in on this podcast?" Stop doing the Evan Williams balls material, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is Dude, an intervention. Dude, as soon as I write something funnier, <laughs> I'll stop doing it. It's pretty good bits. Um, how are you coping with the inability to do the thing that you were designed to do in life, which is get up and make people laugh every night? Well, dude, I moved to Los Angeles two months ago yeah so i was already experiencing doing less comedy you know what i mean all right I mean, yeah fair yeah in new york as you know you can get up three times a night you know what i mean and at LA, least man and, and you can get yeah. paid you can go up four or five times a night mm-hmm. and get paid 
decently for gigs. Oh yeah, you and I are both at the cellar. It's it's amazing, man. You can you could just bounce around just in a couple blocks there. Yeah, and do four sets tonight. You know what I mean? Um, so I moved here, and you're you're extremely lucky to have four sets a week. Like you know, extreme. I mean, if you're like, if you're on top of your booking, I find if you're on top of your booking all the time, if you dedicate your entire yeah. life to the pursuit of stand-up gigs, you could right. maybe end up with four to five shows a week, and maybe maybe two or three of those might be uh maybe paid and if they are paid it's more likely to be oh here's like 20 bucks for gas or like you know i'm not i'm not passed as a regular at any of the major venues i mean like laugh factory books me now but even that the new faces shows it's like i think it's the check is like 15 bucks for a set that's insane yeah yeah that's so crazy man yeah i mean listen no offense to those venues because i would like to work them but that's uh that's why it's not New York. You know what I mean? No. Um, That's why we so, go to Vegas yeah. and do the comedy cellar out in Vegas. Or we go back to New York and do a couple of weeks of shows in New York and then remind yeah. yourself that you love stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. What brought you What brought you out to the West trip. Coast? Because it sounds like, I've, I mean, you know, I, I understand that. I know that, um, you know, that you're a man of many talents. You're not just a stand-up comic. But was it was it pursuit of those other interests that brought you out here? Or was it? Yeah. Yeah, I just I had um, I had gotten into acting a little bit and um, I did like a, a little guest role on like the Americans on FX. And then I I that I fell in love then like, you know, I had no idea what I was doing on that set. I just got lucky. And uh, and I was there and like, you know, a lot of comedians don't like acting. They just like they try it and they're like, hey, it kind of sucks. You just like waiting around all day or they do a lot of it and they still suck at it but they get the roles because they're a famous comedian yeah yeah. no comedians are the absolute worst actors i mean it's like just in general you know like i love comedians i'm a favorite people on the planet but they can't get out of their head you know and that's all acting is is like listening and being present and like you know not not pushing the story like letting the story happen and comedians push the story you know we like we write um the punchlines man Mm -hmm. and that's that's Mm -hmm. not what acting is and uh so I noticed that I noticed that I wasn't great. And so I, I dove into some classes and uh, I learned Meisner and like how to be present and shit and started helping my normal life too. Like, and I was just like, well, I had to fire the comedian that was in the back of my head to be right. a little bit of a better actor, you know, cause there's, there's always this guy back there when I try something, like when I truly like try something and I'm sincere about it. I have a guy in the back of my head that's like, you fucking pussy, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I just have this, like, the comedian, like, the back row of comedians is in there. And they're now, do you think that, time. is that the back row of, like, the New York comics shit talking? Is it the, or yeah. is it, is it the, the, the North Carolina boy and his buddies that he grew up with? Is it? What? A little bit of that. A little bit of that. But more so the New York comedians, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing against them. I needed them for certain aspects of my life, you know, like I needed them to stop complaining about anything and be a little tougher and to like be more honest on stage. Those voices Mm -hmm. come in handy. Mm -hmm. But then after you like make that growth, those voices are still there and they're heckling you about other shit. And you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh wait, I don't need these voices anymore. You guys, you guys are fired. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like I need to, I need to get better at this now. And so I did some acting stuff in New York and like, you know, I was in that show FBI and I did some Comedy Central stuff and I shot a short film and like I, I'm writing features and stuff. And so I want to do more of that. And uh, this is the place more to be. of that happens here. And so yeah. I figured I'd just try it, man. 
and that I came here and the world ended. So, and on the plus know. side, no one's fucking getting stand-up shows right now. So it's all right. Don't yeah. worry. You're getting as it's many great. as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's nice, man. That's I mean, what I like. I don't feel bad at all because like, we're all going through it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was sitting here not doing shit and, and then I was looking at Jeff Leach's like schedule and you were everywhere right now, I'd feel like an asshole. But yeah. Um, Oh, speaking of which, yeah. by the way, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check out Call of Duty. Um, I'm, I'm currently playing Ghost in that. Uh, I'm currently voicing the character of Guan in Road of Vengeance, which will come out at the beginning of next year. We're currently recording that. And uh, make sure to check out my six days a week schedule. I'll be streaming six days <laughs> a week. I'm doing a live comedy shows every Saturday, Tuesdays and Thursdays podcasts, and obviously Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays streams on Call of Duty Ghost. Enjoy. Anyway, sorry, what were you saying about not working? Okay. Uh, no, no, I... Uh... I guess I was mistaken, bro. Dude, I'm being a cunt. But the point I'm trying to make as well is that you've, you've said a few things that have sparked off different questions for me, which I'm, I'm interested to get to. The first thing was the the discussion about how you were treated by the New York comedian set. Now, I understand that's part, bull busting is part of the fucking rigmarole. Of any, when you're a professional, whether you're a professional athlete or a professional musician or a professional, actually, maybe not musician, I don't know, but or a professional comedian, like that locker room shit talking exists in a number of different elite levels of whatever profession you're at. Once you're passed at the cellar, once you are working the best, arguably, arguably the best comedy venue in the country, when you are appearing like you are on Comedy Central or doing shows like The Americans or appearing on, uh, you know, on, on, on various TV shows and films, you have to be certainly build a thick enough skin to take a little bit of shit talking from what I think is ostensibly insecure individuals worried that you're going to replace their space in that, in that artistic creative space. Does that make sense? Um, but yeah, I, 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 I got to say, man, New York comedy more than anywhere else in the world made me a better comic, but also made me incredibly fucking depressed about who I was. Yeah. And very, just very miserable. Maybe I'm too sensitive for comedy. Maybe that's the answer. It's just a case of you've got to have a thicker skin. But I think a lot of comics in New York, it's interesting that you say you got that shit. And I know I got that shit. And I know a number of other people got that shit. And the defining factor amongst all those people is that I think they're, A, very talented at what they do. But B, you're a good looking lad. And I, I know this is going to come off incredibly unlikable. Apologies to the listeners. But I think if you are in the comedy industry and you are let's just say even 1% better looking than average you you are kind of defined by being a good looking guy in comedy right like you're like ah, yeah. shut up look at you with your yeah. fucking jawline and your muscles or your abs or whatever fuck off fuck you with yeah. your hair done nicely or you fucking yeah, yeah. whereas if you're fat or you're weird looking or you got a fucking eyeball in the middle of your forehead or you're you're old and saggy whatever the fuck if you if you look funny you're all right you're okay no one's getting yeah. any shit around the table. You're talking about Cyclops Jim a second ago. People yeah. love that guy. That guy, yeah. he, he's working right now, dude. He's on a fucking international tour. Yeah, he doesn't have to go on stage and say something about his pain for you to like him. You know no, what I mean? Exactly. He can just get into whatever his material is. Because like, that one eye just stares off into the middle one distance the like, whole oh, set. This guy has suffered. We can like this guy. You know what I mean? I, that's what I had to do, man. I had to, for years, I, I, I thought that I needed to go up there and for the first three minutes be like, I'm an addict. Uh, my mom and brother died and I'm short. So, you know, whatever, you know, I don't even think about the short thing, but I just, anything that would. Hey dude, if you could, if you're going to do that again on a podcast, you should really like let 
the host know because you've really brought down the energy of the podcast now with all the miserable talk. <laughs> This is the shit talking. This is the shit talking you'll get, right? This is like uh, we all got. We all had a mum once, dude. Relax, fucking. (laughs) Um, I understand the point you're making, though. You felt you had to. You had to shit on yourself to make an audience and also your peers, the other comedians in the room or at the back, go. Okay, he's all right. He doesn't think much of himself, so he's as shitty as us, and that's okay. That makes him okay. Yeah, yeah. That's very fucking sad. That that's it's what so we have to crazy, do. Man. I've, I've reached out to some friends of mine recently that, that like came up with me at the New York open mics about eight years ago. And I've just been like, are you okay, man? Like, do you want to just talk? Like, I think that we have some things built in our brain that like might not be necessary anymore. You know, maybe they were necessary for us to be good. And like, that. like, I don't know what worked. I don't know if it was just that I had the talent. I don't know if that was part of the reason that, I got to do cool stuff like go to Montreal and like do some of the things I did, you know? Um, but regardless, I know that they're useless now. I know that, you know, I know that the voice. Or they're useless to who you want to be as a developing human being versus yeah. a comedian, a professional comedian. Right. And I think it's even, yeah, I think it's even useless to who I want to be as a comedian at this point. Cause like, it's, I, and now, you know, I now know how to stand on stage. I know how to speak into a microphone. So I, I, now it's just about what do I want to talk about? And I don't need that voice to just talk about what I want to talk about, you know? So I've reached out to a couple of guys and just been like, you know, that thing that that guy with the beard told us uh, eight years ago, you know, that's kind of bullshit. And he's, and they've been like, yeah, I'm realizing that now, you know? And if you talk to the guy with the beard now too, He's grown up as well, man. And he like kind of regrets that he said well, that kind of stuff to us. I haven't seen Louis's new special yet, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He regrets a couple other things too, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know exactly what, but I know. Literally a handful regrets. of things. He, he regrets a handful of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, the second thing that I wanted to ask you about that you brought up that I thought was really interesting was talking about your exploration into the world of acting and the realm of acting. And you said you did a Meisner course and that, not only had a good impact on your ability as an actor and as a performer, but also you said you took lessons away from that that you applied to your real life. Um, yeah. I'd like to elaborate on that because I'm interested. I'm interested to know what that, what from these acting courses you went, yeah. oh, yeah, that could make me a better person or that can make me a more nice person to be around or whatever, whatever the yeah the rules might be. I was in the middle of like, a, a, like you know, I did, like we were saying earlier, I did a lot of things really early, you know, and, um, and we were kind of jokingly saying like, I might retire next year or whatever. Like, because I did some things early, like get married and sober before I was 21. Um, I had a midlife crisis before I was 40. You know, I had okay. a midlife crisis when I was like 28. What did that, um, what did that comprise of? What was your, what, what was your manifestation of a midlife crisis? just not being honest with people um getting real focused on the outside on on how i looked and stuff like that and and not being in touch with who i was on the inside starting to to dm girls like you know just like just not acting like myself doing some shit that i'm ashamed of you know um okay. and uh and i was just kind of living like that man i was i was kind of not talking like myself i was using stuff like your boy i think i was starting to use words like your boy i don't know it's it's embarrassing to look well, at. Well, thanks very I much just... for joining me today, dude. It's been great having you on. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. You boys out. You boy. That would have been the best comeback, by the way, if you just said your boys out and just hung up the call. 
<laughs> I would still have released the podcast and it would have been hilarious. Um, but yeah, I know oh, what you mean. Fuck. You were you were you were becoming a version of yourself. Uh, yeah, fucking hate no, it. I I I knowingly I know exactly how embarrassing all this sounds. It's like a little vulnerable to admit it, man. But um, I wasn't being me. I wasn't being me. And so then I was going into these Meisner classes and like you know Meisner talks about just being in the moment and like you know. Um, being very being very present being very present right and and putting all of your attention on the other person and responding truthfully uh you know just truthfully and being your true self and like no filters and stuff it was very important in my mind you know i learned with a lady called uh, her name's um laura henry and she changed my life she's amazing and um and she says right out of the gate like she's like sorry was that lauren lauren henley or laura laura henry yeah. Henry, Henry, Laura Henry. Okay, so she's a she's yeah. an acting coach and yeah, she's she's incredible. And like right out of the gate, she was like, "This this is an offensive room. There's no, you know, you're this is you're safe here in the in the sense that nothing's off limits. Like you know, if you need to call someone a slur, then you're going to call someone a slur in this class. Raise your hand if you're going to be offended by that. And then no one raised their hand. And like there was someone in our class, uh, they were boyfriend and girlfriend, and um, and the, the boyfriend, no, the girlfriend was in a scene with someone else, another guy. And the scene got pretty hot and, and they didn't kiss. They got really close and they, they didn't kiss. And then the teacher was like, what the fuck was that? She was like, what the fuck was that? You wanted to kiss him right then, right? And her boyfriend's sitting right there, you know? But, but, but she was like, no, no. And she was like, be honest. And she looked at the boyfriend and she was like, shut your fucking mouth. She was like, did you want to kiss him right then? She was like, in the scene, yes. And she was like, and you didn't because your boyfriend's here, right? And she was like, yes. And she was like, and she looked at the boyfriend and she was like, did you come here to like get better? Like, did you come here to like actually find things in a scene? He was like, yes. And she was like, next time you want to kiss somebody, you're going to kiss someone here. And you're going to think about like the normal, you know, social norms that would stop you from doing that. And so the next time the scene got there, she fucking made out with a guy in front of her boyfriend. You know what I mean? It was just like, you 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 tried to explore things in that room that just like were honest to you in that moment and i looked at my life and i was like i'm not being honest to me outside this room i can't be honest in this room and i'm not being me out there i can't bring what's cool about me in here and so it made me just get honest with some people and it got me into therapy it got me into a fucking couples therapy i grew a lot with my girl and like you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's a little, I still, I have those guys in the back of my head, like, oh, acting saved your life, bro. Like, you know, but it's like, kind of did in a lot of ways. Yeah. Wow. That was, I mean, first of all, I, no, 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 dude. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. First of all, look, this is why I was excited to have a conversation with you. I know we were going to try and do this a few days ago and I'm glad we got to do it today because yeah. um, you and I don't know each other very well. We had this very brief um a meeting in LA after you did the roast battle um yeah, I would love to get into that I don't want to embarrass you but No let's get into it. it let's get into it let's get into it you can you I can I'd, I'd like you to reminisce you can tell me the story of of uh, you tell the listeners I don't yeah I don't know uh if you remember I do yeah exactly. Okay we don't have to get into it man No <laughs> tell me I want you to tell it I think <laughs> look this, we're being honest right. we're being open it's like Yeah no no I mean listen you're very um you're an interesting guy, man. You you look like a vampire. You you wore you have skulls and and werewolves on your on your fingers. You know what I mean? Like, and so <laughs> I uh, 
and I feel bad for that. A couple of days ago, we didn't link up. I, I owe you a skull ring. I've decided I'm going to get you a skull ring. You let me know. What you don't you want to say that because the ones um, I wear are very, very expensive. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's all right. Okay. Well, I want have a I have an eagle right there. Oh, there you go. Nice. Cool. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, right. take all right, um, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, you can post me that. Post me that. I'll take it. Okay. And um, yeah, so I roast battle is a very interesting part of my life. You know, it was just it was a very small part of my life but it was it was big in a lot of ways like the ones that i did in new york in on a very independent level were some of the coolest things i ever did in a way you know i mean i came together with people who were really close to me like scott chaplin you know that's the one that people talk to me about the most and it's like um we completely like just said some of the most awful shit about each other ever whilst laughing and loving each other and at the end we hugged and it was like some of the worst things you could possibly say about a person and that person's family but it made the whole room laugh and it made these these judges who we looked up to laugh and then we and it was jokes and they, they were jokes and you both knew that and you jokes. both got they what the fucking jokes. premise of the show is yeah. exactly they're jokes between two people who knew each other and knew it was okay to say these things yeah. and then comedy central noticed that and was like these guys are funny let's let's put them in this show but they didn't put us against each other they put us against people we didn't know so like i went to la this is my first time to la la was on a pedestal for me at this point i it was it was really cool you this know about two and a half there. years ago right two and a half years ago maybe uh, i was it was a while ago man it was like three years four or ago five years ago now oh, i can't have been that long because I, I moved out here two and a half years ago and i think you it was just before i moved out maybe three years ago i think it was four years maybe it was three that's crazy. If it was well, either way, three. sorry. I just, Maybe I'm, I'm, I might yeah. be getting my maths wrong. Yeah. Either way, um, you know, it was, it was a great experience in a lot of ways. I, you know, you fly out here, they pick you up in a Cadillac, they bring you this fucking beautiful hotel and like you go and you meet Snoop Dogg and he's like the whole room's full of weed and stuff. And like, it's, it was interesting. In fact, By the like, way, that's not Snoop every Dogg single died. episode. I, I like the people might be listening to this going, wow, you get to meet Snoop Dogg every time you come to LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not Anyone part and parcel LA, of the flight. Snoop Dogg. Yeah, if you book Snoop first Dogg class flight, you actually yeah. get to meet Snoop Dogg as you get off the plane. That's part of the deal. Snoop Dogg picks you up in a Cadillac <laughs> from LAX. He's like, you a nice what's up, player? And you're like, your boy's here. Yeah. <laughs> your boy. <laughs> There's a picture of me and Snoop Dogg, and I threw up a peace sign, and I'll never not regret that. It's the most embarrassing <laughs> thing I've ever done. I don't know what happened to my body. My hands just like formed a peace sign. It's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> you should have thrown out the um, fucking blood. You should have given him one of those. Like, give him a fucking blood. Oh, so. God, dude. Thank God I didn't do that and get murdered. Yeah, you did not get him fucking um, shot in the face. Absolutely. So, you know, it, all that was cool, but I, I went up against someone who I, I'd never met before. She's a very nice lady. I've gotten to know her since then. Uh, her name's Anna Valenzuela, and she's, she's a sweet girl, but I had never met her. And so there just wasn't that chemistry there. Right. And I didn't do well. So also, like she, first... is she from LA? Is she an LA comic originally? She is an LA comic. See, they was, seem to do like a lot Lynn. of that. They seem to pair up a lot of the New York comics yeah. with a lot of the LA comics. And having watched Rose right. in New York, obviously, and also having watched Rose here at the Comedy Store, you know, with Jeff, Ro Jeff Ross's stuff and Brian Moses, the yeah. the style of roasting is very different in each either place. So different. And yeah. LA comics are very like performative, very much like I don't really have great jokes, but I'm a performer. <laughs> and then New York comics are like, 
Um, so Evan's yeah. mum and brother died when he was a kid. <laughs> blah blah blah, and then they go in. You know, yeah. anyway, other people go, "Wow, yeah. you look like a gay bitch." Yeah, <laughs> LA. They're literally wearing a boa. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's all about the performance, and and it, it was more lighthearted, and they're sure. quicker. We would do these long things, like this winded thing. Almost part of the joke was the fact that it was so long what we were saying, and so. We went out there and it just didn't translate, man. And then also, um, you know, respect to the LA comics. I, I totally understand doing this. I probably would have too if it was in New York, but they filled the audience with like their, their friends. friends. And so like their friends made noise for them and they didn't make noise for it. And so it's just, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's in fact, I look back on this now and I'm like, it is hilarious that I bombed in front of Snoop Dogg and America. Like, it's so funny. It's funny. I don't me, think... But here's the deal, bro. Like, you reminisce yeah. about... It's so funny how uh, individual perception <laughs> can be so different. Because you thought yeah. you bombed, right? I know. I, I Yeah. In my head, I did, yes. You yeah. didn't bomb. You didn't get the response <laughs> that your jokes were deserving of because you were right. performing to an L.A. crowd who were L.A. to the fucking core. Everyone was like, yeah, Ross, yeah, woo! Oh, my God, Snoop Dogg. They were there to see Snoop yeah. Dogg. They were there to try and fuck Chris D'Elia. Right. They were there to, you know, yes. try and become friends with Sarah Silverman. I was there to fuck they... Chris D'Elia, and it didn't happen. That's part of the disappointment. Nah, he's a yeah. flake, bro. He wouldn't even have gone through with it. Fuck him. And then, like, you go through all these little stages, and, and the audience really... Is is just like a renter crowd who think that they want to be on TV. Ah! So if you get up on stage yeah. and make the most cutting, evil, life destroying, <laughs> fucking, and by the way, I should say hilarious gags about the other person, the other contestant. Uh -huh. That is not what is going to get you winning. What's going to get you winning is being like, I'm a performer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just came out so fucking. I've been in New York for the last ten years. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like fucking up, dude. I thought you were psychopath. I mean, I appreciate all that, man. I look back on it, and it's it's just I'm okay with that being my like. If you look at Vin Diesel, there's a video of Vin Diesel when he's 19 and he's break dancing and he's taking it really seriously. And it's really embarrassing and it's really hilarious. And he's That's like the Tom Hardy rapping wearing... video. Have you ever seen the Tom Hardy rapping video? Boom. Another Same example. thing. Same yeah. thing, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Ryan um, Ryan Gosling in the Mickey Mouse Club. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just, there's, there's videos of people like, oh my God, he, he did this embarrassing thing when he was younger. I'm grateful that I have that in my story. Like I just stand, you know. I just, but but I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree that you bombed, <laughs> and I think you did the better job. And in fact, in fact, I told you this. We continue the story. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I met, I met you. Um, I was, I was, I was sulking after this performance at the after party. Everybody was hanging by a pool. It was the most. It was how I imagined LA was, and it was exactly LA. Like I couldn't. I dreamed LA was like that, and I got to LA. And it was a show followed by a bunch of people around a pool. And you and being incredibly we were, fucking miserable. <laughs> miserable, dude. My, my buddy's talking me out of just like falling into the pool like the guy from Ferris <laughs> Dealer's Day Off. And, um, and then you came over and you were extremely nice, man. You, you said like a lot of cool things. We made everything like, you know, similar to what you just said. You like, you know, you were just like, um, kind of like boosting up new york like dude you guys are so funny and like 
you know, it's just a different vibe and like, you should be proud of what you did. And like, look at this, man. It's well, cool. I'm a New York like, comic, man. Guy. I'm an, I'm a London and New York comic, yeah. you know? And then yeah. I know you get it, man. Um, and, and we had this like really in-depth talk, man. We got to know each other. Like, you know, it was like, Oh dude, I, I like this guy, man. He made, he made me feel a little better about being here, you know? And then you, you uh, went off into the party. I was like 20 minutes of talking to each other. You went off into the party. And then I went over with my buddy, Mike Lawrence. And then two minutes after a 20 minute talk, <laughs> you, you came over to Mike Lawrence. You're like, hey, Mike, what's up, brother? What's, what's going on? All right, that's great. He was like, uh, and then and Mike was like, oh, this is my friend, Evan. And you looked at me and you went, what's your name? And I was like, my name's, my name's, my name's Evan. And I thought you were doing a bit. So I was like, oh, I'm Evan, what's your name? You know? And then you were like, I'm, I'm Jeff, mate. You know, and I was like, <laughs> yeah yeah you're jeff and you were like yeah i'm jeff and then you just had a conversation with mike and then you went off and you realized i don't know what happened to you when you went off by yourself but i i'm sure it was like an existential like you finally came back into your body out of after like a shroom out of body experience or whatever drug you're on and then you came back to me you're like dude i am so sorry <laughs> I completely erased you out of my memory immediately after meeting you. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. It was exactly it was exactly what I needed. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember, I'm back in the moment as you're telling it, and I'm, I, I'm having to feel like a cunt all over again, and I feel really bad, dude. You also, like, you've toned down your look a little bit, but you were a werewolf from True Blood, you know? Oh, so I had long like, hair down to here, and all the rings on, yeah. and the fucking It was like a dream I had about LA, in a way, you know? Oh. I was at a pool party, and this werewolf came up to me and was like, hey, I'm Jeff, we got to know each other. And then I was like, I think I, I think I might belong here. And then he came back up and like, who are you? <laughs> Making you question whether fun. you exist. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Dude, okay, well, but first no, of all. You were, it was very funny and you were very cool about, you were just like, dude, I'm so fucked up. There was uh, a lot going on. There was a lot going on in my world at yeah. that point. I wasn't very happy. Yeah. There was a lot, I was still drinking. I was uh -huh. still taking drugs, and um, yeah. I think, I mean, I, that that you met me actually a really interesting um, transitional period, I would say, because I've been realizing that I needed to get healthier and that I was starting to do a bit of that, and I blah blah blah, and I've been battling with like giving up booze for a few months and then starting again, then giving up again and starting again, and that you got to experience in one night all of the facets. <laughs> of sober and not sober me i think in in a lot of ways except we didn't yeah. have a fight if we'd had a fight at the very end of the night that would have been the total right. you know accumulation yeah. of what i'm like that drunk or sober no you would have been like all right i've seen him be a complete fucking cunt and also an incredibly <laughs> right. emotionally uh, you know uh, yeah. open and present person but when i yeah. ca when i came up to you and talked to you after you your set i could I, I i read in you i don't know i don't know all of your history so i don't know how much tv you had done prior to that experience and that roast battle but having done a lot of TV in the UK and not being, it's not like we're desperately different in age. What are you now? What are you, 31, right? I'm 31. How old are you? I'm five years older than you. I'm 36. So not that much older, yeah. but a little bit. But yeah. what I mean is without sounding patronizing, I watched you 
do what I considered a really fucking funny roast battle, not get the recognition you deserve because people didn't want to like you because you were infinitely better looking than the fucking person you're up against. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to call it. I'm going to say exactly how it is. You were too attractive. You were too fucking... You were too white, straight, and male. That's another you thing you also, said. Yeah, yeah you, you were also yeah. too fucking funny. Like, your jokes were scathing and heartbreaking and soul-destroying, which, for me, that's a roast battle. That's a good roast battle when someone goes out and still does it with humor. Like, you still had love and humor in the way you're doing it, but you were like, yeah. I'm not packing any punches. I'm going in hard because I want to win this fucking roast. And right. so when I came up to you and was saying all those things, I recognized it because I know that there's been a number of um, um, uh, moments, not just in, in TV that I've done or in film, but also just in the live comedy circuit, especially in New York, where people who, you could go and do something that's great. You've just been on fucking TV. You're going to be on Comedy Central. You're doing a roast battle. This is a great thing on the resume. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But you feel awful about the experience and no one bothered to come up and be like, Hey man, let me just take a little second because I can read that energy from you, and I want to say you should. So, so when I first came over to you, I was literally doing that. Was that's who I am, man? I want to come over yeah. and tell you you're fucking great. You're very funny. You're a good-looking lad. Yeah. There's a number of reasons out of your control why you didn't win that, and then there's also some other ones which is just fucking producers and a shitty crowd and right. all that. So, right. When I went away, oh look at that! A oh, new legend joins us. Sorry, I'm just getting a little sound notification that's telling me some new people are subscribing to the channel. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, I should really turn that off during the podcast. But the, the when I went away, I just got more drunk. I just pounded a load of drinks. Free yeah. bar. I pounded a few drinks. I was <laughs> yeah. also... I don't know, man. Like, when I came over and I was talking to Mike, I'd only just started to know Mike. And he's a very, as you know, he's, I mean, he's fucking Asperger's. Like, he's definitely on the spectrum. He's a good fucking dude. He, I now consider him a friend. Great guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I consider him a friend, friend now, but it's taken yeah. me. I mean, yeah, I haven't even seen him. He's a fist bump, and he's from he's, the fist bump. You're like, oh, we're not close, you know, but it's just who he is. He does yeah, that with everybody. But, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. when I came over and said hello to him, I, mom, I, I find that he takes a lot of work. He takes a lot of work to converse with so when he introduced me to you i don't yeah. know man i was drunk i was a bit all over the place yeah. i think you put on a jacket you had changed like your outer outfit slightly and also dude i, think, I don't want to be I a cunt so. but you do look like a, you're, i mean you're white straight dude you look like every white straight dude let's be honest like you all look the same <laughs> to me like now especially now i'm dating yeah. a latina jamaican girl you know like white people all look the same to me bro that's what it was that's true. and we all date a Latina Jamaican girl. And That's then you got another little sandwich of me being honest and present where I came back up and apologized <laughs> profusely and just went, hey, I know you must think I'm yeah, the biggest no, cunt was... in the world. I yeah. wasn't being a shit. I wasn't trying to fucking neg you yeah. or or <laughs> embarrass you or patronize you or make you feel small. I just right. completely fucking blanked on the fact we just had a conversation <laughs> five minutes ago. But we laughed about it and we're all cool. And I think yeah, it's like hilarious, man. It's super funny, man. I mean, I love it's it's one of my favorite stories because like at sandwiched in that are two really great guys. Like the first talk and the last talk was yeah. really great, and the middle talk wasn't a bad guy. It was just a fucked up guy. You know what I mean? It was just <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, just a guy who's very uh, uh, very not uh, very unpresent. It's it's interesting that you talk about the Meisner technique, and I know you've been sober now for ten years. I don't have that that many years, obviously. Um. I the biggest change for me not drinking was the pre, like being present. Like I'm infinitely better to yeah. friends. I'm infinitely better to partners. I'm infinitely better to family. I'm infinitely better to myself because I'm like you. 
like 110% honesty of where I'm at and how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling. And I say it and I explain it. I'm, I'm not a piece of shit. Like I'm not going to hurt someone's feelings, but I understand the importance. If you really lay out very with clarity what you need and what you want in, in your relationships with people, and I don't mean yeah. desires like, give me a job, blah, blah, blah. Fuck all that shit. I'm not talking about like self-interest right. stuff. I'm talking, I want to give you a friendship, but to do that, I need to know that, Jeff, you're not going to forget who I am two minutes after we have a deep and meaningful <laughs> conversation because that makes me feel a little insecure about whether you even right. fucking enjoy the conversation yeah. in the first place, you fucking cunt. Like, yeah. I'm in that same yeah. place now and and um, I attribute all of that onto, obviously, life lessons, but one of the main ones of that is just removing alcohol from the mix <sighs> just makes huge, the man. world of difference dude it's huge and being present is not easy you know what i mean like people don't want to be present it's very that's scary what, to be honest about how you're feeling at all times yeah and that's what chasing pussy does that's what like that's what drinking does that's what smoking does that's what so many just what gossip does like anything that takes me out of right now that i don't have to think about what i could do to get better and like why I feel weird right now, if I can take down another person by gossiping about them, or if I can numb this emotion with some cocaine, like that's all going to make this easier, you know? But now that I'm sober, I have to sit in every emotion. I get to have all the emotions now. Like I get to, I get to have hilarity and love and like excitement. Like I didn't have any of those before either. Mm -hmm. I was completely numb. But with those also comes like sadness and fucking jealousy and anger and like frustration and, and fear. And, but but I wouldn't trade feeling those for anything because I've experienced the absence of feeling and that fucking sucks because you yeah. don't even feel like a person that, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, so, man. You're a husk yeah. or a shell of... Absolutely. person you could be, man. Yeah. Wow, look at us. Just a couple of young 30-year-olds. straight white dudes. Straight white fucking... dudes getting it right. Just fucking doing <laughs> <Yeah>. it right. <laughs> Figured it all out, man. We win. We win. Today. You see that internet? We fucking win. <laughs> we fucking did it. I'm wearing shorts for a podcast. <laughs> dude. I got dude. boxers, dude. No, dude, I'm so with you. I'm so with you. And it's and you know what? I think there is a, the, 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 the little part. I mean, we're almost at the end of our hour, dude. This has been one of the better conversations I think I've had for quite a while with a guest. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for that to you. Um, but, cause, but it does take both people to have that have that ability to completely lay themselves out in a vulnerable way to be able to have yeah. that kind of connection, that kind of conversation. I think when you met me, obviously first time, I was not quite there yet. Um, and there, now, you but I was there, working though. on like, it. That guy was always there. There was a layer of, of intoxication and werewolf on top sure. of it. But you know, <laughs> Hey, I'm still a fucking <laughs> I mean, werewolf dude. I'm still a werewolf. <laughs> You're a good looking werewolf dude. Thanks man. Um, but it was there. You were there the whole time. Like that's why those two people came together at the pool is because we are those people in our core. You Absolutely. know, there was certain Absolutely. shit getting in the way of it. There was certain shit in the way of myself. You know, I, um, I had still that self deprecation and that fear and that nervousness and that, you know, just kind of, ignorance in a way i mean i just didn't know what i was doing you were right to assume that was an early tv thing of mine i, I had done i had done like a an mtv prank show but it was an internet mtv international so it aired in like 70 countries but not this one and um which is still nice done, for the paycheck but a little bit frustrating for the um yeah for the hey for, america for the, i'm definitely doing stuff yeah 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 you can't see it but i'm doing it um 
And like, so like that, a commercial. Yeah. I mean, that was my first high pressure thing, you know? Um, well, so you were I, robbed. I you did great, and you were robbed. And, and thank uh, you, man. And I appreciate the guy that came and said that. So you know, and then you the, were that the guy second the guy time. came up and apologized for get, forgetting you a minute ago. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It was hilarious. Well, you're here now, man. So when this coronavirus shit clears up a little, and hopefully we can start doing things, I hope I hope I get to um I'd certainly get you get you performing on some of the shows that I produce, and, and I hope we can do another one of these podcast episodes at some point in person and get you down here and, and we'll yeah, sit next to each other and we'll have love a, that, man. another in-depth chat that. about feelings, mate. Who knows? We might we might end up kissing at the end of the scene. We might. We bring might your cry. girlfriend. We might do both at the same time. You bring your girlfriend. Yeah. I'll bring my girlfriend. You bring your wife. I'll bring my girlfriend. We'll yeah. sit them down and then we'll just get into it. And at the end of the yeah. conversation, if we feel like we're going to kiss, we're just going to kiss. They can, they can leave, man. You know what I no, mean? No, we gets, make them watch yeah. because they have to see it. Yeah. It's miser. They, they have know. to realize the truth yeah. of what's going on. This is how scary it could be if you guys <laughs> didn't love us. We just yeah. we both just at one point in the podcast just look over at our wife and girlfriend and just go, Meisner. <laughs> and then we just <laughs> I'm living truthfully in this moment, babe. Oh yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, um yeah. I'm fucking I love talking to you, man. Uh, it's it's been such a, a, a too, very man. small um, number of conversations we have so far. It's a very blossoming friendship, yeah. but um, I think uh, yeah. a lot of my a lot of my listeners, you know, I, th- this podcast started as one thing, manifested into a number of different things, has now become um, a great place for me to talk to like minded people, interesting people, funny people who are able to have some kind of level of emotional and um, emotional depth and personal growth that I think is is lacking in. A huge amount of the population, people are too scared to fucking grow because it's easier to stay in the misery you know than to yeah. change yourself to be better and to have a better, a better, um, a quality of life and life experience. You know, so I'm glad you yeah, can man. be one of those people to come on and help in that conversation and and push that that agenda. I guess in terms of you know, be a little bit more honest with yourselves, allow yourself to laugh at some things that are fucking miserable. And uh, and if Jeff yeah, forgets man. who you are, it's gonna be and all right. Feel, He'll remember. And, He'll come back. Yeah, feel all the feelings, my man. Feel all the feelings, dude. Well, I feel one feeling right now, which is love and admiration for you, my dude. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Evan Williams. Now you can check him out online. Go to his website, which is evanwilliamscomedy.com. Also, make sure you check out his Instagram page at it's Evan Williams. That's it's Evan Williams. You can find me on there as well at Jeff Leach. Make sure you give us both a follow and go and check him out when he's going to be performing live, which will be probably post June, I imagine, uh, when this fucking thing comes yeah. down and the peak's done. Um, is there anything else coming up? Or have you got any podcasts of yourself or any shows coming up or anything people can check out online? I think people are watching a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, big time. Just go to my Instagram. There's a lot of stuff there and on my website, you know, um, I did shoot a short film that, you know, it's festival circuit is on hold right now, like anything else in the world. But is it available online somewhere? Up, yeah, it will be once it's done the festival run. It can't be on. It can't be public until it's been like premiered at festivals. Are we allowed um, to know the name of it? Because this once uh, I mean, this will air like next week, but people sometimes catch right. up to the episodes a while back. So it might be out yeah, by yeah. the time they check it out. Absolutely. Well, look for the recovery call. Um, the recovery, recovery call. call movie. Yeah. Um, recovery call movie starring yeah, Evan Williams. 
just check his check his Instagram. I'm sure I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna just he's gonna Instagram it out. He's gonna tweet out. It's yeah. Evan Williams again on Instagram and EvanWilliamsComedy.com is the website, so you can see where he's gonna be performing live or check out the videos. You know, check out his videos, content, and stuff like that until yeah. live dates are back up and running. Uh, and we're de- I'm definitely gonna have it's you back on again, man. It was a great conversation, and uh, yeah. it's, uh, I, I, you've you've infused me with. Uh, Positive energy, man. I feel without sounding too fucking LA, I honestly, you know, yeah, yeah. conversations like this make me feel like I do have a good place in the comedy industry and there are like minded yeah. people and there are intelligent, feeling entities who can be present and also be hilarious on fucking stage. And you're definitely one of them, Evan. I'd kiss you right now, dude. If we weren't separated, My I'd kiss right it. now. Uh, oh, that's up. Yeah. Oh, that's up. Ah, <laughs> wow. I feel, I feel right, blessed. Buddy. All right, brother, take care. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thank you very much. I'll see you next time. I'm going to play the outro music. I'm going to thank you off camera. All right? All right, talk. Bye, guys. See you next time.